Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason, recording from Mawa, New Jersey, away from the beach. I'm up north Jersey, one more night before going back to Brooklyn. Joined, as always, by John. Go ahead. Is Mawa of Native American origin? I I don't know. We could look it up. But that that voice is John, who's abroad in New Zealand. What's up, John? Again, you're you're abroad in New Jersey at this point. I mean, Whatever. I guess that's not really abroad. What is it? What what's it? What does it mean when you're across land? No, you know what? You are abroad because you got to cross the Hudson to get to where you are. Uh, from you're abroad from from New York. You're no, in abroad New is Jersey. international. It, is it though? not inter? This is interstate, not international. Are you sure that abroad is just international? No, I'm not. Now that you've asked that question, no. But I'm <laughs> I'm I hope it is because then I sound better. Then it, then it sounds better. All right, here we go. The name Mawa is derived from the, oh, Jesus Christ, the, the Lenape, Lenape, Lenape? Lenape language word, Ma'iwai, which means meeting place or place where paths meet. The Delaware languages, also known as Lenape languages, are Muncie and Unami two closely related languages of the eastern Algonquian subgroup. So yes, Native American. Nice. There you go. That was it. That's all I had. Because I feel like New Jersey and New York have quite a bit of Native American names, which I guess is good until someone yeah. complains about them. <laughs> yeah, we were having a, t- a heated discussion about bagels right before we started recording Yeah, the fact here. that you don't like bagels, is, is, it's, it's, a, it's a bit I, of a surprise a to me. I didn't say. You, yeah, you it's did. It's not that I don't like bagels. Bagels don't excite me. If I'm going for Bagels, if you're going for a breakfast gathering of sorts, bagels are lazy. Are they, though? That's, yeah. Because you're just going to a place, you're buying some bagels, and you're done. You're just throwing these pieces. Because the bagels are just a fancy roll of bread. And they're not even fancy. Look, bagels don't excite me. The, the most exciting thing about a bagel is what you put on it. And you could have different types of bagels, sure. Oh, I disagree. Fine. I disagree but, with that. I disagree right. with what's that. Your, what's, very, your, what's your big... Very, okay. very strong. All right. Look, I'll, all right, fine. I'll tell let's you let's this. do this. Favorite bagel, favorite bagel, favorite filling. Give me your the, ideal bagel. The thing situation. I miss... First, I'm going to tell you, the thing I miss most about New York mm-hmm. is the bagel. Mm-hmm. That, by far, is the thing that I miss the most. Because Montreal bagels are kind of gross. Just gonna put that Montreal, out oh Montreal style bagels. I don't. I what hate about? them. They're awful. What's the difference? Like the thing about a good New York bagel is the volume in it, right? You bite into a real New York bagel. There's volume. You're, in you're, eating, there's, you're eating a bagel. You're eating a, eating a bagel. When you're eating yeah. a Montreal bagel, you're kind of eating a piece of toast. Oh yeah, no, thank you. Is it like a flagel? It it just doesn't have that same volume. It's it's much. I I think it's much tougher. I don't think it's nearly as spongy. It doesn't have nearly the amount of volume that a New York bagel does. I mean, New York bagels are thick. They're thick. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you something so, that, yeah. is, that might get me in trouble if anybody listens to this for my family? Uh, many people in my family, when they eat bagels, uh, they oh, will take out the say. middle I know, I know of, you're of the that. bagel. Oh. So basically, oh. you just have this, like, the whole, the whole dough, like the whole meat of the bagel. It's the gone. meat of the bagel you is the best literally part gutted of it. it the best part of it gutting the bagel makes you a monster here's here's why i disagree there's there's two the best part of the bagel to me is the inner ring and the outer edges where two bagels have touched and it's like a little flaky those are the best parts of the bagel to Mm -hmm. me to me but you need the whole thing you can't just take out the inside i don't know the rest of it is just like 
again, it's it's just a roll of dough. <laughs> it's just a roll of dough. So, so you asked me a question about my favorite bagel and favorite Fa- topic, favorite bagel right? situation, right? Okay. Yeah. 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 So uh-huh. I will say, right, this is a sweet versus savory thing for me. Yes, you know where I'm headed. Uh, for me, the the uh-huh. simplest and not necessarily simplest combination, but the best combination. I've, I've there's quite a few bagels that I like, but the cinnamon raisin with the regular cream cheese, Philadelphia cream cheese, by the way. If you're not peeling sure. Philadelphia cream cheese on your bagel, you're a monster. And I've had to explain this to people down here of why you're just random cream cheese that comes in a random block <laughs> from some farm in New Zealand is gross. And if it's not Philadelphia cream cheese, it's not cream cheese. It's something else. It's milk spread. So cream cheese, Philadelphia cream <laughs> cheese. There's only one cream cheese and it's Philadelphia. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Wrong. So cinnamon yeah. raisin bagel with Philadelphia cream uh-huh. cheese. To me, it's good. Yeah, that's a good breakfast bagel. Simple. Yeah, it's a good choice. Right? It's got a little sweet, mm-hmm. little cinnamon in there. The cream cheese is still. I, like I don't like. Don't give me the flavored cream cheese, like oh, the strawberry. You know. Get out of here with that. They don't give me no strawberry. Are you, are you like purposely cheese. trying to like get me upset? Like are you... no, I'm, 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 I'm. What I'm doing is I'm, I'm telling you the truth, and I know it's hard okay. to hear. Right. You're not a fan of strawberry cream cheese. Strawberry cream cheese is gross. It's gross. I love it. It's great. It's awful. I mean, that way, if I, I mean, if I, I've established that bagels are basically, they're basically just bread, right? If you put strawberry cream cheese in between, uh, in between a bagel, I basically just pretend like I'm eating cake. It's great. Now, what I will say (laughs) is the other thing, and this is what I miss most about New York. And there's a place right around the corner from you that I probably gained a good 10 pounds eating a breakfast bagel every morning. (laughs) Bagel bagel? Because putting, because putting. Putting egg and some type of meat on a bagel in a sandwich form with a little bit of melted cheese. Uh, and for me, and you either have to go with an everything bagel or you okay. have to go with an egg bagel in that case. Everything bagel, I would say, is the go-to. You get an egg bagel if you're feeling a little something, like a little something different, even though egg bagels can get gross after a while. So that's like a once in a once, once a month type of thing, get an egg bagel. But that's that's for me. That that would be the lineup. I would say if you have a cinnamon raisin bagel with cream cheese, I'll be happy every time. Yeah, I'm gonna say uh, it, it's cinnamon raisin bagel with strawberry cream cheese. It's pretty good. Ugh. I'll also just do uh, give me a, give me a whole wheat with uh, peanut butter if I have to do it. I'll do mm. that too. Mm, I don't know peanut about butter peanut butter on a bagel. bagel. Peanut butter on a bagel. I'm not sure about that. Not sure about that's uh, that's a carryover from my old picky days. And uh, you know what? Here's the thing about it being a picky eater. Um, when my palate diversified, because now I eat everything, right? And all those things, but all those things that I ate when I was a picky eater, I still like. And you know what? I stand by them. They're still delicious. So peanut butter on a bagel, I stand by it and I recommend it. Yeah. But look, but man, a, yeah. a good bagel. And look, you, you live in New York, you're spoiled, right? You just are. Mm-hmm. It's true. When when you live somewhere very far away where you can get a really good solid New York bagel, I would look forward to a to a bagel brunch. Right. Now. I went with a friend. I went with a friend to get when I was in Buffalo. She's like, "Yeah, I need to get bagels." I was like, "Okay." And she drives to a grocery store, and I was immediately confused. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's New York. Let man. me explain. Like you, let I me explain think, if anybody's yeah. listening and they don't know why why yeah. that confuses me. I even growing up in the suburbs of New York. 
when you got bagels, you went to a bagel shop and it was usually yeah. a Jewish name of sorts, specifically, I don't know, let's say Goldberg's hypothetically, right? Like you go to Goldberg's and you get bagels and this dude's just like slinging bagels. That's it. You get bagels, you get a sandwich and or a bagel sandwich and you get a shit ton of Snapples. That's what you're getting. Oh, the Snapple. Yeah, the Snapple is a, is a staple. In a glass a, bottle. In a glass yeah. bottle. Yeah, because of this bullshit plastic Snapple bottle, I hate it. I hate it. I thought we were oh, getting rid of plastic. Wait, wait, wait. There's a plastic Snapple bottle. Snapple was always the one that came in a glass bottle. Not anymore. Snapple's oh, in wow. plastic bottles now. Wow. Yeah. Snapple. I know. All right. Well, it's, it's well look, just upsetting. Just, I think New Yorkers have to realize that this is why no one likes you. <laughs> oh, because okay. you're because your experience is so unique to that. Because we're region. better than them. Because we have exactly. better things, exactly. and we're trying to this, show them the way. That's one hundred percent why people don't like you. 100%. You you people you people don't even have ice down there. Okay, what do you mean, you people? So, I mean New Zealand people. I'm 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 looping you in with those people now. Okay, so you guys you you don't even have ice down there, right? You don't even understand the concept of icing tea, which is crazy. Because no, why would you? Tea's a hot drink. Because it can be a cold drink. It can be very refreshing and delicious. And now, and so like the steps between that and telling you. Oh, let me show you how to make a good bagel. It's it's like the moon. Like you have so many steps to go to discover like civilization in the 21st century. Like I feel I mean, bad for you down there. I mean, you can eat a cold slice of pizza, but wouldn't you rather have it fresh and hot? It's the same thing. Yeah, with I don't. I don't eat cold pizza. No, exactly. But there, so but there are. Yeah, I pizza. guess. This is this is a ridiculous argument. This is crazy. <laughs> It's not even the tea part; it's the ice part that just there's like an apprehension towards. But you guys do iced coffees, right? You got iced coffees down there? I don't know. I don't drink ice drinks really, other than water. All right, fair enough. It's different between you and me. It's the only difference. Otherwise, we're exactly the same. Yeah, <laughs> but but it's funny how like one difference could just cause a lot of a lot of other perceptive differences. But I'm telling you, if you liked iced tea. You would never tell the difference between you and I. Man, I just can't believe Snapple um, comes in a plastic bottle now. That's that's crazy to me. I know it's it's so depressing. It honestly completely ruined any sort of uh, interest I had in Snapple once they changed it. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some stuff here from uh, from last week. A bit of follow ups here. Uh, Greg wrote to us on this Instagram that we have. I don't know if you saw it, but and it looks like you didn't. So I'll just read it to you. He uh, he had some thoughts. Butter pecan ice cream, the best of the old fart ice creams. Yeah, see, right? I was yeah. It's, it's old people ice cream, uh-huh. but it's but it's pretty good now. Now that you're getting it, yeah. up there in age, I could I could kill some butter pecan. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I've ever had it actually. He said, uh, "Yo, fuck these burgers," and then he wrote something that I don't know how I'm going to read it, but I'll try my best. Bow bap. Dwaya G Go G. I apologize what? to any Koreans who I might have just offended. <laughs> I think A-E this is... in he continues. A E in Korean words is pronounced something between A and E. E? I guess that's what. So then he spells out. So like A E E H E I yeah. And then he said, I'll send a voice memo. He did not. <laughs> I would have played it, Greg. You send me a voice memo, I'll play the shit out of that voice memo. And then uh, he says, horrible events get such epic names. The Dawn Raids sounds like something from a movie. It does. <laughs> yeah, I guess we do give horrible events epic names. 
But the dawn raids could also be like just like a mass cleaning epidemic. I mean, the word raid never sounds yeah, but, good. Yeah, but dawn is a is like a is it a detergent? It's a detergent. Yeah, it's soap. <laughs> it's a soap. There you go. I'm just saying. Yeah. Do that right. too. Okay, so there you go. That's feedback from Greg. Um, also, I was I was hyping up this peanut butter pie ice cream. Sent it to you, just so you're aware of this. Uh, and anybody who's listening in the United States, again, something, I don't know if you guys have this, but I'm just going to explain this because it's awesome. Peanut butter pie ice cream that I found at Hobby Horse in Ocean City, New Jersey, is Hobby actually Horse. Gifford's peanut butter pie ice cream. It's rich peanut butter ice cream loaded with chunks of chopped peanut butter cups and graham cracker ribbons. I mean, come on. Come yeah, sounds on. Good. Sounds good. It's incredible. It's the best. Like, it's one of the best ice creams on the planet. Uh, let's see here. Uh, that's kind of it on the, on the follow-ups there. I did want to bring up one thing from Ocean City. There's a place called Off the Hook Breakfast. Uh-oh. And <laughs> this place is wonderful. Is it off the hook? (laughs) It is off the hook. (laughs) Now, I believe they opened last year during the Pando. um, And it still is the Pando. And they're they're still crushing it. They're they're more popular than ever. Well, they only had a year. But they're they're quite popular. They're great. And um, actually, we went there this morning before before we left Ocean City. We did the drive up today. And I got myself an apple bread French toast, which was delightful. And... They all they do something at off the hook that I think if a politician wants to win an election, they need to add this to their political campaign. Okay. When you order eggs or an omelet or whatever, as usual, it comes with a home fries and toast, right? Typical. Yes. You're aware of this concept. Sure. Stop stop me if any of this is alien. Here you have the option of substituting it. With a bowl of fruit, also, yeah, not crazy. Or, and this is where the political part comes in: three small pancakes. Wait, <laughs> and yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I can see getting that substitution if, for example, <laughs> let's say you've got like an omelet. Right, mm-hmm. yeah, you've got an omelet, and it comes with, like you said, home fries or hash browns or some type of potato and toast. Yeah. And yeah. I can see you making a substitution for the toast for three small pancakes. Right, that makes sense yes. to me. That's right. But but if you're already o- ordering the bread part as your main breakfast meal, why oh would you no order- no 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 no. Sorry, let me be clear. It doesn't. Okay, yeah. That's not the case for those. It's just for like the egg dishes. Gotcha. Okay. No. Okay. So, like so, anything so that, that would sense. normally come with. Yeah, because French toast gotcha, doesn't okay. usually come with that kind of thing. No, hey, that was my. Like say, that was my question. Oh, give me pancakes <laughs> with a side of hash browns. Oh, but instead of the hash browns, give me three small pancakes. Yes. Yes. Pancakes. Th- that's that's what I was asking. That's why I was asking because I was like, wait a minute. So you had French toast with a side of pancakes? <laughs> no. No. These are separate instances. I just love this policy. I love it. It's like I, I want pancakes, but I also should have an omelet. You know what? Give me both. Yeah, that that's that's pretty no- American normal. <laughs> it's not normal anywhere else. But I've it's never seen this before. Never seen this. Really? Before. Huh? I've seen that before a lot. I guess when you live in yeah. the South or you live you live around a bunch of fat people in Savannah, 
in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, get some eggs and some pancakes on the side. That sounds about right. So, yeah, that I'm not wonderful. surprised by that. I, I was more surprised by the fact that you could substitute the potatoes if you ordered like hash browns. Or sorry, no, if you ordered like um, French toast. So French toast no, with side pancakes would... sounds sounds excessive. Yeah, I think that should be law. I mean, all this time we're like arguing about whether or not you should be allowed to wear a mask mandate. I mean, I think really what they should be doing now is arguing the the law that if you're in a if you if you're in a diner, if you run a diner, you have to give the option to substitute hash browns for pancakes for at no additional charge. Yeah, it sounds reasonable. Like, is that yeah. if that's not going to unite both sides? I don't know what will. We'll add that to the endless cup of coffee, and I think that. That should be staple of every diner. Those are the rules of an American diner. That's true. I guess because the, the endless – yeah, there's no diner in America that you have to pay for a second cup of coffee, Man, right? and I tell you, that's one of the things I miss the most because here, coffee is expensive. Oh, they charge you. They charge yeah. you, and it's some fancy specialty espresso. And I don't want – like the flat white I know has gotten real popular over there in the States, right? And that's that's a thing that was that, that's been real popular here since the beginning of time. Uh-huh. And sometimes I'm just like, can I just get a black coffee? And they're like, oh, do you want a long black? Or do you want this or that? And I go, I just really want, do you want a what black? A long black? Long What's black. that? Long black. I think it's an espresso with water, I think. But this is the problem, right? Sometimes I just want you to get that that thing that's been percolating over there. And I just want you just to pour that sludge into a cup. And then baseline. when I'm done, yeah. I want you to come back and go, are you drinking decaf or the regular stuff? And then you just pour it in my cup, and then you walk away. That's all I want. Just just keep it coming until I am fully yeah, caffeinated. 20% of the time, it's wrong, yes. right? Uh, it's a pretty good, because they normally carry around the one with the orange top. And yeah, the one that's with true. The yeah, top. exactly. And so they ask yeah. you. They say, which one is it? Uh-huh. Wow, that's really surprising that they don't do that there. I guess uh, <laughs> everything is a is, – is there anything over there where you get free refills? Like, is there anything that they deliver <laughs> in excess <Water>. consistently <laughs> over there? Just water. Um, everybody, everybody's water? very hydrated in New Zealand. Other than water, no. That's kind of it, which is a bit of, I mean, that, again, this is like free refills in large sizes is, is an American thing. I think the rest of the world doesn't have to deal with that. If you go to a McDonald's, yeah. can you get a supersized drink? I think they just call it a large, but or it's can not you get a venti? Can you Okay, can you get a Trenta at Starbucks there? There's no Starbucks here. <laughs> Okay. There's can one. You get a There's one Starbucks ounce, that I've seen. Yeah. Can you get a 32 ounce drink of anything somewhere? No. There's no fountain drinks like in a gas station, or like there, no. There's no 7-Elevens here, so you can't go get like that giant wow. Slurpee. Yeah, yeah. Like there is no endless anything here, which is, huh? Haven't really thought about that, but yeah. There's no like, hey, come in here and unlimited get this. That doesn't really exist. Oh my god! When you open the Waffle House down there, you got to. Um, you really should serve like enormous drinks and be like and, and on the sign you should just write free coffee refills like it should be so it's really like there was one place down there. here that was an american style diner that is no longer open um that did that and interesting uh, yeah i think people down here just it's very you know it's very english in culture so the english don't know what it means to get unlimited anything they're very uh but i guess they you know, also they also make coffee and tea like a thing it's not just like a it's an event. It's, it doesn't it doesn't flow like water, where no. it's just part of your morning routine. No, it's like an event. 
espresso. Yeah, like people spend a lot of time making their own espresso at work, right? Is it like there's all these special machines where you got to like grind the coffee? Yeah, yeah, it's like a big thing. And and they started doing people and be like, I didn't realize you're being paid to be a barista and (laughs) make them feel bad about themselves. Well, people ask me, like, why don't you? And I'm like, no, no, because now they have this filter coffee that someone comes down there and puts on the pot and makes it. And I go, well, that's that. I got things to do. So I'm just going to pour this and go back upstairs. And I'm not a giant. Yeah. I'm not dependent on coffee. I don't need coffee to wake up. I don't get headaches if I don't drink. Like, you know, some people, when you're really dependent on coffee, you get headaches. Yeah, they're addicted. Drink it. They're addicted. Yeah. It's an addictive it's substance. Caffeine's a drug. That's right. Sure. A drug. Yeah. And I'm not addicted to it. So, yeah, there's I can go weeks and weeks without coffee and not even feel it. I believe you. I believe you. All right. Well, I got some news stories here. And I don't have a... I, I, was, I have one here that is that was going to be in the reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish, but I'm just going to throw it in the mix because it, to me it's so wild that I can't really... But, but I'll just throw it in the mix. Screw it. We'll just do all three of these in the mix and you could land and they'll land as they will. Here are your three choices. Okay. Clutter. Hermit crabs, rocks. Which one? Where do you want to go? Let's do rocks first, since that seems like the least favorite. Then clutter. Then hermit crabs. End with the animals. Okay, okay so we're doing the uh, the racist story first. Here we go. <laughs> this is crazy. My brother-in-law told me about this uh, story. You know, like somebody will sometimes tell you a story and just like, well, that, no, there's got to be something more to this. Like, there's got to be a reason. Like, I'm always trying to see and make sense of this side, right? Like, I don't, you know, despite my political tests will tell me how woke I am, sometimes just like, well, that's a little too far. But I'll always try to understand the other side, you know? This is one of these cases where I was just like, you know what? He was, he was absolutely right. This is bananas. Here we go. Reading from ABC News. University of Wisconsin moves rock scene as symbol of racism. The University of Wisconsin removed a large boulder from its Madison campus at the request of minority students who view the rock as a symbol of racism. Is this is this a Denzel Washington? We didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on us. No, it's way dumber. <laughs> the University of Wisconsin removed a large boulder from its Madison campus on Friday at the request of minority students who view the rock as a symbol of racism. I just said the same thing three times, but that's how the story reads. Chamberlain Rock on the top of Obser- Observatory Hill is named after Thomas Crowder Chamberlain, a geologist and former university president. Students of color on campus say the rock represents a history of discrimination. The boulder was re- was referred to as a derogatory name for black people in a Wisconsin State Journal story in 1925. The derogatory term was commonly used in the 1920s to describe any large dark rock. University historians have not found any other time that term was used, but they said the Ku Klux Klan was active on campus at that time, the Wisconsin State Journal reported. University Chancellor Rebecca Blank approved removing Chamberlain Rock Wait, in is January. Wait, name Rebecca Blank? Like, it sounds like you're censoring her name. <laughs> no, her name is Rebecca Blank. That is exactly how it's exactly what it says here. Anyway, she approved removing Chamberlain Rock in January, but the Wisconsin Historical Society needed to sign off because the boulder was located within 15 feet, 4.6 meters, of a Native American burial site. 
The rock will be placed on university-owned land southeast of Madison near Lake Kagansa, Kagan, I guess. The university plans to erect a plaque in Chamberlain Hall to honor the former university president, school spokeswoman Meredith McClone said. The boulder is a rare, large example of a pre-Cambrian era glacial er glacial erratic that experts say is likely over 2 billion years old. It was carried by glaciers from as far north as Canada and dumped on Observatory Hill along with billions of tons of other debris when ice receded from the state about 12,000 years ago. It was previously estimated to have weighed up to 70 tons, but an updated measurement showed it weighs, you want to guess? How many tons it actually weighs? I have no idea. 42 tons. Uh, it will continue wow. to be used for educational purposes at its new site. The Black Student Union led the call to remove the rock last summer. Crews began removing it just before 7 a.m. on Friday, securing it with straps and lifting it with a crane before moving it to a flatbed truck. It cost an estimated $50,000 covered by private donations to remove. Juliana Bennett, a senior and campus representative on the Madison City Council, said removing the rock signaled a small step towards a more inclusive campus. Quote, this movement is about the students, past and present, that relentlessly advocated for the removal of this racist monument. End quote, she said. Quote, now is a moment for all of us, B-I-P-O-C. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Do you know what that stands for? Uh, I know the people of color. B is... Black? I think it's black, interracial, and people of color, I believe. All right. That's 80%. That's a passing grade. Students to breathe a sigh of relief, <laughs> to be proud of our endurance, and to begin healing, end quote. Are black, indigenous, and people in color, of color. So oh, okay. not interracial. People of color, I believe, okay. covers that. Fair enough. Still 80%. I'll take, I'll take it. Kenneth Owens, a Madison resident, said he was glad to see the rock go. Quote, it's not the rock's fault that it got that terrible and unfortunate nickname, end quote. He said, quote, but the fact that it's being moved shows that the world is getting a little better today, end quote. So now look, you've you've left out something pretty important. I found another story when you were talking about this. You haven't said what right. they what the name of the what the name of the rock actually is. Well, according to that nineteen twenty five. Yeah, but I mean the name of the rock <laughs> is They called it I believe they called it N-Bomb Rock. No, it's N-Bomb Head. Oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> I knew that word was in there. And I knew it was bad. But. But. but I mean, come on now. <laughs> like, I get it. But nobody. Okay. One guy. In, okay. Because you need you need to help me here. One guy in one story. I didn't read the Don Lemon book yet. One guy in one story. <laughs> tells. But no, this is the this problem, rock, though. Is that that I believe, thing. In I believe 1925, that... nobody's called it that. No, but I think that's the There's problem. There's no reference that people, to that here anywhere. But I think people are st people were still calling it that name. But it doesn't say that. Does it say so that I'm in an article read, you're reading? Yeah, I'm reading an article from the Kenosha News, which is a local, which is a local news in Wisconsin, okay, cool. right? So I'm gonna get to the point. 1925. So okay, so it says when this. That's when the so for for years only the top of the boulder was visible until it was dug out of Observatory Hill in 1925 and moved near the top of the hill and rechristened Chamberlain Rock in honor of former university president and geologist Thomas Crowder Chamberlain. 
That's when the seed of trouble was planted. A news report in the Wisconsin State Journal on October 9th, 1925, on the excavation of the boulder said, for centuries, the huge, uh, I'm going to say neighborhood, and you can replace neighbor with the actual word, because if you put the Uh word together, it sounds more offensive, (laughs) partly visible, had been lying there on the hill, just alongside the the cinder drive, for three days of crew, whatever, whatever, 75 tons. So that's the article, right? So patently offensive for its racist reference today, at the time, neighborhood was a common term for a large black rock for hills and other geological objects. So too, it was used for a brand name of a variety of consumer products from soap to canned oysters to tobacco, golf tees, toy cap pistols, according to Wikipedia. So this oh. is as if I called a white, if I said, Crackerhead Rock. Come on now. We can't have and I would say even that is offensive. We cannot be saying we cannot be given, you know, racial terms for rocks because it's a it's a black rock or a white rock or or a or a green rock or blue. We we can't be like the fact that that's even a reference to this name. And so yeah, it's as times change and such uses are now taboo. So the uh where is it? When black students on the campus Demonstrated in 1969 and brought the National Guard to campus, there was no marches to the boulder on the hill to demand its removal because the one-time use of the pejorative name had faded into obscurity. The upshot right. of the black student strike was a brief visit by Wisconsin National Guard to campus and the creation of African-American study program. So the rock was not involved then. So that changed a year ago when someone dug up the 1925 news story with the neighborhood reference and an innocent boulder became a painful symbol of racism for generations and students. So someone found this name. Right, so that's your point: is that someone someone went looking for for racism in a rock, and they found yes. the name, and they stuck yeah. it to the rock, and now we got to get rid of the rock because at some point someone said neighbor neighborhood rock. Yeah, yeah. Now, like remove, like again, like you hit a point where it's like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in the past that's really awful, and do we really need the rock there? Like, does it matter? It's not the. It- the rock was but that there, is the though. point. Like, like it, doesn't the if, if the rock has now become business. a symbol of hate, if the rock has now it, become a symbol of hate not. to some people, but to some people it is. To but you, it's, still, it's not. It's still a symbol to of me, hate where where it's going to be. You move nah, it from that hill just, to that hill. The rock's still there. The only way it's not going to be a symbol of hate in that moment in time is if you. It's impossible. You can't undo it. But I guess the point is, it's it's the students on campus who pay a lot of money to go to this campus who say, "Hey, let's get this off of the campus." Or let's get it off in a place that I got to walk by every single day to be reminded that at some point in 1925, some dude wrote this neighborhood rock. I don't want to see that. And so I don't personally care. But why why should anyone else care except for the students of that school? Because it's a big $50,000 to do for for a school. So it was right. $50,000 in donated money that was used to move. So it's not like taxes paid All for this. All schools donated money. To, it's like when somebody's – okay, let me – you uh, you know, Savannah, your, your, uh, your school, right? Savannah Institute of Art, right? Was that the one? Something like sure. that? Let's, <laughs> sure. Let's say that is. SIA. Right? I totally went to SIA, the Savannah Institute of Art. That's where I went to school. <laughs> I'm close, right? No, you're not close at all. <laughs> Oh, whatever. It's, I went to uh, close Savannah College of Art and Design. It's a totally different that's name. The, oh, whatever, man. I covered different. a few of those words. That's uh, 50%. Different. So you, anyway, you that's got, a You got grade. one. Yeah, right. I said art. art. So you got two. You got 50%. That's <laughs> 50%. That's, a, that's an F. All right. I'm in the ballpark. So anyway, 
The point is, they call you. They're like, hey, John, what's up? We need, uh, how you doing? How you doing? Good. I'm with the student, whatever. You know, you always, you get these calls or am I the only one who gets these calls? Everybody gets these calls. Do you get these calls? No, they don't call where, me for Where they say, hey, I, I, hey, John, how's it going? We just want to confirm your address. Yeah, sure. It's like, oh, yeah, you're, you're, you're in New Zealand now. Well, yeah, you're in New Zealand. Well, let me ask you something. Uh, can you send checks from New Zealand? <laughs> <laughs> What's the financials like down there? Can you send money abroad to us? Yeah, like, are you, do they do checks there? Like, is No, that, is that it's funny, thing? though. I saw, because those, when... I saw those Hobbit movies. I didn't see any check so like what, the funny thing is work? though point is can you can you spend look we're asking everybody you know look i just want to ask you we, we're, we're asking everybody can you spend like can you give us like a twenty thousand dollar donation no they got no. enough money from me no okay sorry 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 twenty thousand that's too much look look i understand i understand everybody's got different financial situations that's okay but seriously you know it's anything helps you know if you can do like twenty dollars twenty dollars that's how these guys go you know what i'm talking about too you've never gotten these calls no i've no one's ever called oh me the funny God, thing is i get though, i get calls from the university of buffalo all the time like about the funny thing year, is like, though hey, i believe your address he's still down in brooklyn yeah i i think that someone's got a program down there to look at when movies are released and look at the credits because i've seen my name on pages of like congratulate all of our people working in the film industry my name just kind of pops up I'm yeah. pretty sure that someone is just trawling through released movies and trying to pair that up with the database of names of people that went to the school. <laughs> Maybe. Because someone has been well, like, just... hey, I just saw your name pop up in this thing. And I was like, I haven't talked to I haven't talked to SCAD since 2007, since the day they gave me my diploma. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, they say, hey, we need – you donated this money. And then all of a sudden you find out that, no, that didn't go towards improving facility. That didn't go towards, you know, teacher salaries. That went to moving a rock that was called something by some asshole KKK guy like a hundred years ago and has not been referenced in that same way for... Wait, sure, you sure did put a lot of qualifiers there to, to, to at swing your argument. <laughs> at least 60 years. You didn't just say, hey, we're moving this rock that at one point was referenced to as neighborhood in a 1925 article. That's it. That's it. You're right. And you'd it be like, doesn't come well, with the qualifier that no one's brought up since 1925 or you, you wasn't a problem until like, 2018 or 19 or 20. You don't 20 think, or, you don't think yeah. anybody's ever said anything? Surely... A racist will find racist things in anything like that. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm going to say. Like, I'm going to say something. This is a far bridge. This Here is a far I'm, walk. I'm, Feels I'm, like I'm a gonna, far walk. I'm going to say something, and I think yeah. all white people need to hear this. So, white people, listen up. All right, I'm listening. Here we go. You guys got to stop being so attached to inanimate objects. It's a rock. Who cares? Who cares? If it doesn't work the other. Why are we building? Oh, shh. Silence. Sorry, you're right. Sorry. Why are we building statues for old white people? Why? Who cares? Who needs a statue of an old white? Who needs a statue of anybody, really? But of old white dudes, we don't need statues or plaques to com- commemorate that you guys won. You took over the globe from Britain and the Netherlands. You won, okay? Now, you might be losing now, but historically, you've had a hell of a run. Like, you are like, you are like New England Patriots and Boston Celtics, dominant. New York Yankees in the 20, dominant. White people have won. You were undefeated for like 300 years of like conquering. You won. In the modern age, you won. So who cares if a rock gets removed? You still have all the money. You still have all the privilege. Just shut up and give 
give the black people and the Asian people and the Native Americans and the the indigenous people, give them their rocks and their plaques because you're still winning. So don't fight this stuff. Fight when you actually really start to lose. But right now, give up the rock, dude. Give it up. It's fine. It's fine. You're you're gonna be your fifty thousand dollars of privilege that someone else donated doesn't affect your bottom line at all. So who cares? It's a giant rock. Let it go. That's this it. Feels more like a this feels more like a loss for the earth than <laughs> white people. <laughs> you pretty much are the earth. You've killed the planet. Yeah. You know, you brought in yeah, the system so the of capitalism like where, billion, you know, the rich two get billion richer. Years ago, You're winning. You're winning. Two, two, two billion years ago, the Earth's like, I'm going to put this rock right here. And then one asshole says something about it. And then they're like, you know what? Fuck you, Earth. We're going to move this rock over here now because some people are upset. <laughs> that might be the wrong way to look at it. <laughs> and you know what, Earth? It would have been fine if some white dude just didn't decide to just call it a racist name. One guy. One guy's got to ruin that party. Hey, you know what? It only takes one racist to ruin a party. Only one. <laughs> but it, let me honestly, though, do you think that by by doing this, it empowers that racism more than if you were just like, say, no, this is a geological significant thing. Can you thing empower the racism any more than it's already been empowered? Like, let's not no, pretend that people are going to become more racist because we moved to rock. I think racism uh, has a limit. Yeah. Like they will. I don't think so. I don't think someone goes, hey, you know what? I really like Jimmy, that black fellow that I work with, but they moved that rock. Bleep Jimmy. <laughs> I now hate him. Like, no, that's not how racism works. <laughs> it's not. I think these are the kind of stories though that drive more they probably no, drive more. It just more gets the same people. It gets the same people to be as mad as they've always been. It doesn't make we're not making racist by moving rocks. We're not. It's already there. It's already. Are you? You seem to be against this. This. This movement of moving the rock. Literally, this movement of the rock. But you're not a racist, <laughs> so you can be like, no. "This is silly and a waste of money." But you're not all of a sudden going to go. You know what? I'm going to end this podcast with John because this rock got moved. And you know what? Now I've decided I don't like black people. That that's not how race that's not how racism works. And it's not like it's you're not, like, you know what? You know what? Over the last two years, with all these statues removed, I've just decided I just don't like black people anymore. You know, I was really for them, and then they moved all these statues, and now I just hate them. Like that's not how racism works at all. So like those are all false, those are all false um, you know, false flags, I guess. I'm trying to think of the word of just like it, it's not, it doesn't compute. People who who use this to say, well, this is why I'm no, you were like that because you're a bigot and a racist. Not because someone moved a rock that that was the final straw that said, well, I'm done with these black people. They just can't stop moving things. Like, that's not how it works. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm going to have to see what Don Lemon will have to say about this. Yeah, like, it's just, and again, it's not just it's not just black people. It's with Asian terms. It's with Native American terms. Like, guess what? White people use a lot of derogatory names for inanimate objects, which means we got to kind of get rid of those things. Just do oh, yeah. You can't just rename them. You're going to have to actually get rid of some of this stuff. And especially if you can move it, then move it. And it's not your money. It's not your tax dollars. Like it's someone, someone probably gave the school 50,000 and said, look, I'll give you 50 grand to move that stupid rock. And the school said, all right, cool. Fair enough. Well, if that was the case, then have at it. Go for it. 
still so you, so you let me know the story that that ends this podcast because you're like you know what i just can't stand black people anymore to keep removing stuff you let me know what it is okay you got it i swear to god they move one more fucking rock i'm at it <laughs> Uh, right. You said you were going to end with hermit crabs, so let's move on to the next one, (laughs) shall we? This one's silly. Uh, this isn't really an article so much as just some quick bullet points from a, uh, so here we go. I'll I'll just jump right into this. This is from a UCTV. University of California TV series looks at clutter epidemic in middle-class American homes. Okay. So, um, let's see. Uh, contemporary U.S. households have more possessions per home than any society in all of global history. Put simply, Americans sure do love their stuff. But at what point do all of the toys, gadgets, and big box consumables that fill their homes become too much? University of California Television's UCTV web series, A Cluttered Life, Middle Class Abundance, tackles these questions by following a team of UCLA anthropologists into the stuff-to-capacity homes of dual income middle-class American families in order to truly understand the clutter that fills them. The short three-part series is available for free uh, online viewing at uctv.tv slash clutter and the UCTV Prime YouTube channel at youtube.com slash UCTV Prime. So they they broke down a few facts here that I'll just run through and then then we'll talk about it. Here we go. A few facts from UCTV's A Cluttered Life, Middle-Class Abundance. Women who are bothered by their household clutter showed increased levels of stress hormones, cortisol. Men were unaffected, so they just don't care. <laughs> the U.S. has 3.1% of the world's children, but consumes what percent of the world's toys? You want to guess? 70? No, but it is a very high number, considering... That stat I just said, 40% of the world's toys. There's still a lot. Yeah. Yeah. In dual income, middle class American homes, only one in six meals is eaten with the entire family together. Big box stores and grocery stores dedicate an average of 400 linear feet to frozen foods. While refrigerators and pantries of US households are stuffed with convenience foods, Studies show they save only about 12 minutes of preparation time per meal. And finally, despite being the least used space in the home, parents prioritize remodeling the master bedrooms over highly trafficked areas like kitchens and bathrooms. Last one's interesting because you now own a house. Mm-hmm. Where have you dedicated? Have you had to do much remodeling? You did at the beginning, right? A little bit, but we, I think we've added value to everywhere except for the bedrooms. Okay, because so it is where you so spend that, the least amount of time. So that's like an American thing, definitely an American. A hundred percent, I think it's. I think common spaces is where, in general, most people would put. The, I'm surprised by that, to be honest. I wouldn't figure that Americans would spend more money remodeling or fixing up a master bedroom or an ensuite than they would a more general area that sees more use. Huh. Very well. I didn't actually think about this stuff though when I was looking at this. Uh, this thing popped up and I. And showed this thing, and I was like, "Yeah, I guess we do consume a lot of shit." <laughs> Look, man, America as a country is—I mean, it's it's peak in-game capitalism. Like everything that we do involves spending or acquiring stuff, and the more stuff you have in your mind, 
the better you think you're doing. And so specifically middle class people tend to acquire stuff more than maybe upper class people do where they where they try to acquire more money. <laughs> right. So I think yeah. I think there's plenty of people who spend a lot of time looking at trinkets. I mean, this is why sites like eBay are so popular. Right. We're trying to we we like to collect things as human beings. And specifically in America, collecting is sort of a sign of how good you're doing. And I think it hits the middle class more than any other group of people because a lot of this is trying to trying to sort of fill that hole with stuff. Do you collect anything? I don't, honestly. Nothing that nothing that stuff and again, a lot of this is probably because I've moved around so much. Now, and to be to be fair though, between me and Alice, I have way more stuff. Right? Like I just think yeah. it's a bit of an American thing of like acquiring electronics or acquiring stuff, right? And you just tend to not get rid of stuff too. And I think moving has made me probably not as bad as maybe you could be if you lived lived in the same place or the same area all your life. And it's much easier to move stuff. But once you start moving internationally and cross country, you start to get rid of stuff. Like I used to have a bunch of books. I don't have a bunch of books anymore because moving books suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So is there anything that you have that like once you once you moved in together where Alice is like, why do you have that shit? <laughs> Boxes. Boxes for electronics. Okay. I don't get rid of my boxes. Because I'm always worried about, you know, oh, what happens yeah. if I gotta send this back, right? Like what happens if I want to yeah. get rid of this and I want to put it back in the original box, right? I'm in the same boat. Or if I want to so got a lot of boxes. Got boxes everywhere. So that's something. I mean, I tend to collect consumables. Like I used to collect cigars, but now I can't buy cigars here, so that's not really collecting anymore. Um at one point was collecting whiskey have done less of that, right? So I tend to collect consumable things, I think. If I was to be Are a you collector, collecting it? Because you're consuming those things. I am, but again, that's the thing, though. Like, every time we travel somewhere, it's like, hey, let's see if I can find a bottle of whiskey. Let's see if I can find... Right? So again, I would, cons- I would consider it collecting because I probably have more of these things than the average person does, but they're also consumable. When they're gone, they're gone. Right. So I don't collect... Yeah, it's not something that just yeah. sits in a landfill forever. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't. I'm not a big collector, really. Um, yeah, I maybe collect more digital things, like more movies and music and that type of stuff, but not actual. It's not like I've got a room full of pop figurines or a room full of yeah. comic books or a room full of vinyl um, or books or you know. I, I don't. I don't do too much of physical collecting because I always think, man, one day I gotta move this crap. And I don't want to move this because I just over the last, you know, over the since my adult life, 18, half my life, I've basically every four years have moved somewhere. New Zealand's the longest place I've lived, but I've moved within the country itself. So, right. Yeah, I've never I used to be a lot more interested in like physical merchandise, things like that. But that that died away really quick lately. Like I the move to digital has been quite good for me like i like it especially within the time people still hold on to the notion that oh man physical media should still exist and i think it should don't get me wrong i think there's value to preservation by having physical media over digital media but that's not my bag you know keep that stuff for libraries and museums (laughs) and there's just so much of it now if you need need a physical master of something you have it and i think that's a great thing to have but there's just like like collector's edition of games. There's some games where like, man, it'd be great to have this collector's edition of a thing. And then you get it and you're like, 
okay, now what do I do with it? Now they've just spent twice the amount of cost to play this game. I'm happy to give them more money, but damn, now I got this this plushie that I'm not going to do anything with. So yeah, and that's like, the thing. Like, in theory, it sounds great. And if I knew I was going to be somewhere for a longer time, I'd probably collect more things because they're conversation pieces. It's things to discuss with people, especially if you put it on display. Um, yeah. I can see why you would want to make that part of your personality or part of what you display to people who come to your house. I get it. Um, but when it comes to kind of things that would kind of just be in storage, if you ever decided to leave them and, you know, I'm not necessarily trying to collect things, hoping that they get more expensive. Um, if anything, that's a bit more to- like a lot of people collect because they see it as an investment, right? Hey, I'm collecting a Magic the Gathering cards and Pokemon. Like, just think about it. I, I had Pokemon cards as a as an eighth grader. I'm sure if I would have kept those in pristine condition and knew where they are right now, they're probably in a landfill somewhere. But if I was collecting them, right, they'd be worth quite a bit of money. Um, Oh yeah. There's a, there's a ton of, they're, they're worth a ton of money right now. I had that holographic Charizard card. I had, I had that card where it is now. Who knows? Right. Um, (laughs) so yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it is in a, in a box somewhere in Michigan. It could be. Um, but yeah, like that's Logan Paul's pocket for all, you know, again, who knows? Yeah, I'm seeing this now. So the 1999 holographic Charizard card, this is from March 29th sells for more hundred, more than $300,000. Whoa. So someone paid three, $311,800 for a single holographic Charizard card as spotted by Nintendo. Like this is a polygon article. So yeah, like these cards could be worth a lot of money. So I see how people are now in the mind of just collecting things and trying to, you know, have stuff. But like Beanie Babies is the perfect example where it's kind of the opposite, right? People are going crazy for buying Beanie Babies. Beanie Babies now are worth nothing. Yeah, but there's always a new thing to take that place. Like and stuff comes cap, back. Stuff comes back. Toys now. Yeah. Right? Beanie Babies yeah, can come back in back 20 now years. That I saw? Oh, no, it's something entirely different. I was actually thinking of roller, bl- roller skating. Roller skating's coming back. Do you know that? No, I, I, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, the 80s clothes came back. 90s stuff is coming back. Stuff comes back all the time. So I get why people try to collect stuff because they think there might be some value to it. And someday this stuff might be worth a lot of money. But a lot of it is just junk. And it's stuff that as soon as someone dies, and look, some of this might also come from a generation of people who were probably more likely prone to hold on to things given you know, you go through a Great Depression and you go through a world war and you go through times where stuff isn't so readily abundant, especially in America, you're most likely to hold on to stuff, right? And I think there's a probably a bunch of people who have older family members who are now starting to pass away, people in their, you know, people who are of the great generation who probably had a lot of stuff, newspaper articles, just junk because they're like, well, I just want to hold on to all this stuff. Because holding on to this stuff makes me feel like I own something and, you know, it's not all going to just disappear from me one day. So I'm sure that's a lot of it, too. People going through people's old stuff and going like, this stuff isn't worth anything. Get rid of all these stacks and stacks. Or, sent- stacks or sentimentality. Yeah, sentimental stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've made a whole TV show off of that hoarder stuff, right? People just hoarding stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so it's part of American culture to just hold on to crap that you don't really need. That's totally an American thing. I would say here in New Zealand where it's much harder to get stuff, people still collect things, but not to that extreme level. Yeah, because like a sandwich is worth $300 yeah. if you get one. Yeah, although there are these new trading cards that apparently are from New Zealand that are now worth a lot of money. 
Oh, no. let me see if I can find them. New Zealand trading card. Um, I saw this article the other day of like these, these, um, these new cards that some some group of people in New Zealand created during the pandemic had all of a sudden become worth a ton of money. Oh, um, so, so, so I don't know what they are, but yeah, like there's, let's see, more than 200,000 people worldwide are playing a Kiwi made card game, which is called, it's made by Legend Story Studios. Flesh and Blood is the name of the game. So there's some card oh. game called Flesh and Blood that is now very hard to find the cards for that was created down here. So cool. Well, good for them. All right. Let's move on to the next story. Cool thing about these cards, by the way, is that the art's really, it's always great. Like Magic the Gathering had some really yeah, crazy absolutely. art. But like playing the game, I have no idea in the game. It's just like, oh, that's a cool, look at that mythical card yeah. that's worth nothing. Yeah, so, like, yeah. yeah, it's like, this guy sucks. He's got the shittiest stats. Yeah, you're like, but that's a cool piece of art. They're like, he sucks. And it's like, all right, cool. Fair enough. Got it. He's worthless. Never mind. Fuck me then. All right. Last story. Let's talk about some hermit crabs. You know, I was going to bring up hermit crabs. Um, and then I saw this article and I was like, perfect. I don't have to bring up my anecdotal bullshit about hermit crabs and why they exist, but we can just do this here. Do you have, have you ever had a hermit crab? No, I know what they are, but I don't think I've ever eaten hermit crab. Eaten? No, not eaten. Like have a pet hermit crab. Oh, no. Why would I have a pet hermit crab? No, heck Cause no. that's like, I, is that like a Jersey Shore thing where you go and you buy like a hermit crab and then it's dead in a week? That's a thing. <laughs> nah, man, that's totally a Jersey thing. Ain't nobody else buying a hermit crab. Because don't hermit crabs just like take over random shells, right? They just like, they walk naked and they're like, oh, look, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a random they shell. From they some sell them previous... in the shells and sometimes they're painted. I had a hermit crab when I was a kid. I'd never, I mean, they literally, when I said they last a week, that's about right. Um, one of mine basically lost all its legs one by one and then I thought wow can you eat hermit crab though probably you can eat anything with the right seasoning sure hermit yeah, here we go there you go reading That's from it. euronews.green which is at euronews.com slash green hermit crabs are sexually attracted to plastic pollution in the ocean all right yep everyone hates plastic pollution right we don't like seeing photos of turtles caught in abandoned fishing nets, birds tangled in discarded packaging, or the sheer amount of microplastic fish end up consuming. Wait, well, it turns out one particular species doesn't feel so negatively towards the mounting marine plastic problem. In fact, they are actually turned on by this waste. You read that right. This isn't bold, by the way. Hermit crabs are attracted to plastic in the ocean. That's the end of the bold bit. In a dick, an additive in plastic named ol- olamide, O L E A M I D E, okay, is already known to be a sex pheromone and stimulant for particular marine species, including shrimp. But a research team at the University of Hull have found that when hermit crabs are exposed to the chemical, their respiration rate increases, indicating both excitement and attraction. Quote. Our study shows that olamide attracts hermit crabs, end quote, says Paula Schermacher, a PhD candidate who worked on the paper. Respir- oh my god, there's a picture here of a hermit crab in a bottle cap. And it's kind of, kind of upsetting. I'll send you the story. One second here. 
actually read this from my phone because I'm, I'm the configuration I'm in right now. It is impossible to actually like sit upright at a at this table. So I'm like kind of in this individual lounge chair, like the kind of chair where if a if you know if the man of the house was like, I'm gonna go retire and sit in my chair, like <laughs> that's the kind of chair I'm in right now. You know what I mean? But it's white. It's leather. The leather chair. And it's like supposed to lounge, but it really does a terrible job of it. Um, what I'm trying to say is I'm uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a hermit crab in a bottle cap. Yeah. And, so, and not like a quote, twist. Not like a not like a it's a bottle cap that you can drink out of. Like one of the, the, the nipple yeah, the pop. The pop caps. Yeah. The nipple caps. Pop yeah. caps. Mm-hmm. Quote, respiration rate increases significantly in response to low concentrations of olamide and hermit crabs show a behavioral attraction comparable to their response to a feeding stimulation. Olamide also has a striking resemblance to olic acid, a chemical released by arthropods during decomposition. As scavengers, hermit crabs may misidentify olamide as a food source, creating a trap. This research demonstrates that it that additive leaching may play a significant role in the attraction of marine life to plastic, end quote. Given that the IUCN estimates that at least 7.2 million tons of plastic are dumped into our oceans every year, this problem is only going to get worse. The combined impact of, this is also bold, the combined impact of plastic pollution and climate change on ocean life. Oh, that's just a header. Never mind. They're not trying to make a point there. The scientists who worked on this study have produced other papers examining how marine invertebrates along the Yorkshire coasts are affected by both climate change and plastic pollution. Mussels were studied by the team who looked at how ocean acidification and plastic pollution impacts the species differently depending on their sex. Quote, it is critically important to understand how plastic additives work on, a, on molecular levels, especially on reproductive success, and quote, explains Luana Fiorella Mincarelli, another PhD student who works in the research cluster. Quote, we have found that their toxic effect can be amplified in a climate change scenario. And quote, Mincarelli's research found that male blue mussels were mostly affected by increase in temperature, while females were more sensitive to a toxic chemical within many types of plastics known as DEHP. Her paper concludes that both rising temperature and ocean and plastic pollution can have a significant impact on marine invertebrates breeding cycles, negatively affecting reproduction rates. So there you go. This is uh, more of how we're just fucking up the environment. I was now you scroll down. Do you see the same ad that I see that says you might also like? Do you see that? Okay, so you do see the same one that I see. Yeah, we can get into that. Yeah, I mean is that's kind of it's kind of the same this... thing. It's an article. You should read the article, and then we can talk about climate change and what it's doing to sexuality in general. <laughs> okay, here we go. It's a little long, but I'll just read the headline. Here we go. Environmental. Do you want me to read it? Because I can. I can maybe read a little quicker. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Environmental scientist warns that pollution is causing penises to shrink. So, a leading epidemiologist and environmental expert has published a book that examines the link between industrial chemicals and penile length. Dr. Shauna Swan's book, Countdown, argues that our modern world is altering humans' reproductive development and threatening the future of our species. The book outlines how pollution is leading to higher rates of erectile dysfunction, fertility decline, and growing numbers of babies born with small penises. 
Though the headline fact about shrinkage may sound like a laughing matter, the research paints a bleak portrait of humanity's longevity and, and, and ability to survive. In some parts of the world, the average 20-something today is less fertile than her grandmother was at 35, Dr. Swain writes, dubbing the situation a global existential crisis in the book. Chemicals in our environment and unhealthy lifestyle practices in our modern world are disrupting our hormone imbalance, causing various degrees of reproductive havoc. According to the book, humans meet three of the five possible criteria used to define whether or not a species is endangered. Only one needs to be met, writes Dr. Swan. The current state of affairs for humans meets at least three. Um, so, yeah. So, after this, it goes into how it causes. So, chemicals um, used to cre- increase the flexibility of the substance. So, packaging and things. These are all harmful to our bodies. Um so, and she's also now put articles of how these chemicals can pass between parents and their offspring and impact female sexual desire, and most recently on penile length. Um, so, yeah, that's... What are the uh, three out of five? I don't know. They didn't get into that, which is what I was kind of looking for. Like, she says that there's three out of five criteria of whether or not a species is endangered. All right, let's look that up then. Yeah, so that's what I'm interested in now. See, this is how this this is how this happens. <laughs> Five criteria critters? No. Criteria for endangered, endangered species. species. Okay. Found it. Yeah. All right. Do you want okay, me to read them? I found this. Nationalgeographic.org. The definition of the three threatened categories, vulnerable, endangered, and critically endangered, are based on five criteria. Population reduction rate, geographical range population size, population restrictions, and the probability of extinction. So I guess for her, she's seeing population reduction rate. That's geog- crazy, though. How's that yeah. true? That we There's hit three out of the five? billion people. Yeah. What but three? birth rates are dropping in a lot of areas, right? Like, maybe, like, overall, I think our birth rates are down. Now, there's a couple of countries helping us keep that up. China, India, right, Africa. But a lot of the Western world is very, I mean, and even parts of Asia, right? Japan's birth rate is horrendous. Right. So I think probably overall we're probably a net negative in that. Um, population. I don't think we're a net negative yeah. in population. I think in some geos, sure, but there's too many people. Like, we could dial that back a little bit. I think we'll be fine. Like, if you... I thought about this. If you drop down the population from 7 billion to, let's say, I don't know... Five? Three billion. <laughs> oh, three. You're going to half. You're going... Like, extinction level I'm, event of getting like, rid of half of the population. No, I'm not saying, like, immediately. I'm saying, like, if we are at three billion people in... I don't know, 100,000 years, if we make oh, it well, that far. We're not going to have a planet in 100,000 years. <laughs> Right? Like, Why aren't they predicting we're that we're in trouble? We're in trouble now. But, like, I mean, that's my, I mean, look, this is, I'm going to say something very ignorant, right? You hear a lot about sure. climate change and about how we're killing the planet. I get that, right? I understand that we're killing the planet. We need to do better. But how long do we have on the current rate that we're going? <laughs> is it like 100,000 years? Is it like 20? Like, no, how many probably, years do we have yeah, until, just, until we're done? Until it's like game over, you can't fix it. Or are we already at that point? You may already be at that point. And the thing is, like, I don't think the world becomes a place that is completely uninhabited, uninhabitable for places. I just think you're going to see these large swaths of destruction and unfortunately death. So, and things are going to look a lot different in 
a hundred years, then they or and every hundred years or so, you're going to see changes, right? You're going to see the the impact of fires and the coast and the rising coastal levels, or you know, greater floods. Like, look what's happening in Fukuoka, Japan, right now. Yeah, yeah, like, like that's crazy. Like it's like ter- crazy rain that's flooding that place. Um, but you're bound to see those effects. Like that bill's got to be paid eventually. So I don't think that humans are just going to be like, let's say we don't go to Mars, right. And save everybody. Like you're bound to just lose swaths of the population. And there will be places that become more habitable on the earth than others. And others will be more risky. It's just going to be how it is. There yeah, you go. I mean, look, like message like, for the day. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, like, there's there's places like you know, um, Venice, right? Isn't Venice mm-hmm. like basically that's not going to be sustainable because that place is like the water levels are I'm trying to remember which one. It's either rising or falling, where the canals are basically going to be like just where where it's like it's not going to be sustainable because if you look at that city, it's crazy. Like you can basically just like roll out of bed into a canal. <laughs> Yeah, but it's always been kind of like that. Yeah, but that that's my point of like how long do we have? And I'm not trying to be I'm playing a bit of devil's advocate here, but th- you read all of these warnings all the time about this stuff, yet it's hard to tell how much time do we have before the hermit crabs are so sexually viable that they're able to just rule the world. Cuz like, right? That's going to ha- hope with their evolution to some point. They're going to be populating more if we keep dumping in the trash in the ocean. But what does that actually mean long term other than, yeah, we're destroying the ocean? <laughs> like, I get it. We're destroying the Earth's ocean. We're destroying the rainforest. We're destroying everything. But how much longer yeah. do we have? And is it fixable? And that's what I don't know. Oh, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think a lot that's, of this stuff is fixable. Look, if you're, if you're working in, in, in climate change science, you got to make that very clear. Because right now, just telling me that everything's going to fall apart, I'm kind of like, yeah, no. Like, I know. We, we treated the planet horribly. And it's not like, what can you do about it? You can walk to work. That's not enough. Like, you got to give me something more than I, I can walk to work or I can stop eating meat or whatever. I can use, I can stop using plastic. I saw this post. It was saying that there's, um, it was saying that if I can, I didn't fact check it or anything, but it's like, if everybody stopped, um, using straws and drinking bottles of water, started using reusable bottled water or something and, uh, and driving an electric car, corporations would still be responsible for 70% yeah. <laughs> of, of emissions. Like that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. So that's part of the, that's part of the reason why I get frustrated with climate change. Cause I believe it. And I believe that we are changing the planet. Like it's very obvious, right? Like, I mean, the number of earthquakes and natural disasters, you can't just be like, oh, it's always been this bad. Not that Haiti gets hit, hit by a second earthquake in like 10 years that like levels this place. Like there's something going on that we need to be looking at and trying to fix. The thing is, you telling me to not buy plastic bags to put my groceries in is a drop in the bucket to mass production in China or the U.S. or India. So at what point do we just go, look, this is the world we built. We're kind of screwed. And we're not going to be able to fix it because this is what we've built. I, I need to know. I need to know, like, what's the time frame? Is it 100 years? Then I feel a little bit more concerned. If it's 100,000 years, I'm going to go, you know what? At the rate we're going, someone's going to launch a nuclear bomb somewhere in the next 100,000 years. So how concerned should I really be that I'm drinking from a plastic water? 
Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody really knows. I think you're just guessing, right? And yeah, what which, is that which, which I can and respect. I don't, I don't think it's yeah. just one thing. I think it's just to your point. It's like it's a crazy flood there. It's a, I mean, earthquakes. I don't. I don't know if climate change actually has anything to do with earthquakes. To be honest, but but I, that's the thing that climate change can have anything to do with anything. Like you can kind of explain, right. hey, you know, the water is heating up, the oceans are, uh, the the ice caps are melting. That's got to have some type of shift on on geography. It has to, because all this stuff is right. connected in some way, shape, or form. So I'm kind of making the point of just like. I get it that it's awful, but telling me to use paper straws that suck, by the way, they suck, and and and, and don't suck literally. Like they're awful. They they they're fall awful. apart. If anything, so, like, you got to give suck. me something else, which like, is the whole point the, of a yeah. straw. Yeah, like what's the actual plan other than just shaming me for carrying my groceries in a plastic bag? Like, give me the actual plan, and I think that's why you get all these idiots who are denying this because it's not—it's just a lot of fear mongering. Like, the everything's heating up, and Miami's going to be underwater. But then, like, we've been—I've been hearing this for twenty years. Yeah. So yeah, I'm all for it, but just give give me a bit more guidance, give me a bit more direction of where we should go. Because, like you said, I can stop taking flights, I can stop eating meat, I could ride drive an electric car. And I can stop using plastic. And it seems like we're still in trouble. Because like you said, 70% of corporate, like Apple was trying to pretend that they're not making waste by not giving me a charger cable. Like, come on. Like, like who, who are you fooling? The number, the number of eye devices in a landfill is probably in, like, you probably could even fathom that. So I just started a Google search. How much time do we have? And here are the options. And I'll click whichever one you want. So it's left to stop climate change. Left climate change on Earth until climate change is irreversible. Until climate change, left to save the planet. Left until climate change. Left until the world ends and to save the planet. Which one? Which one you want there? Um, I want to know until climate change is something we can't reverse. All right, climate change is irreversible. Only ele- this is written in 2019. Only 11 years left to prevent irreversible. Okay, damage. so look now I'm worried. What do we do? <laughs> and okay. me, me, me not using plastic ain't enough. Yeah. Here's one for 2020. Ask a scientist. 2030 or bust? What is the importance of the year 2030? Here we go. All right. So we got the 10 equation. years. Look at that. We found the question. We've got nine years now. Yeah. So we should be worried. So what do you do? Everybody's just got to hold their breath. You, you got to take less uh, less breaths. Or just more of these crappy plastic straws. Non-plastic straws, rather. Oh, wait. Here we go. From BBC, also written in 2019. Climate change, 12 years to save the planet. Make that 18 months. Okay, so eighteen months. Wait, we're we're now on the side of the eighteen months. I feel like I'm still here. It's irreversible. That doesn't mean that 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 wasn't the question that you asked. Though. All right, so so I got that answer. So ten years. Now, can we do another Google search that says how much time do we have until climate change ends ends the world? <laughs> until climate change ends the world. Again, I I don't think. Are we really running out of time to stop climate change? <laughs> uh, That's the problem, man. Yeah. Like if if you told everyone right now, if in if we don't fix this in ten years, we're all going to be dead and everything's going to freeze over. I bet you start having some people change some stuff. I bet you they don't. I bet you it's the same forty percent who are like, "Nah, it's all bullshit." <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. Come and kill me. At least I'm gonna li- I'm gonna live these ten years on my feet. 
then stuff. Yeah, so I guess we're I guess we're straws. I guess we're done then, right? I guess we're done. Come and away, take so. it. Come and take my plastic straw from my cold dead fingers. From my cold dead fat fingers. I don't know why I made him fat. I just did. I had to. Yeah. It's trouble. It's bad stuff. Well, the hermit crab is gonna go out happy. So yeah, they're gonna have a lot of uh, inanimate objects. We're basically just dumping a whole bunch of sex toys for the uh, for the hermit crabs. So you're welcome, hermit crabs. Yeah. Something good's come out of this because that's the thing. Like, what what is it? I forgot what the comedian was that said it, but it was basically like, you got to save the planet. Like, you got to save the planet. It's like, no, the planet's gonna be fine. <laughs> Like, yeah, the planet will heal. Pl- we just won't the be planet, here. It, it's not even that it's going to heal or not. Uh, the planet is still going to be here. It's whether or not we're still going to be on the planet. Like, it might not look like the thing. The planet is a big rock. All right? And whether or not you want to be on this rock or not is the question you want to be asking yourself. And Because, yeah, I feel like if this, you know, was really, if this was really, like, 10 years from now, We'd be having a lot of job openings for like, hey, here's a job to fix the planet. I don't even know what that means, but you have a right. I mean, we you, we would be trying to actually find have a real so- solution, yeah. right? But what you're going to see, you look at these events. It's not one thing. It's the it's the series of events that slowly starts chipping away, right? Chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. Higher higher heats. That's going to uh, that's going to cause more heat stroke. Flooding, deaths by floods, earthquakes, death by collapsed houses, uh, you know, rising sea levels, wiping out cities. That'll that'll displace a ton of people and and force that. That's also going to lead to more death and poverty and all these other things. So that's the process. It's a slow process, but bit by bit, more of those things are going to happen on a more regular basis. And that is the impact of climate change. This is what Al Gore talked about. And nobody listened. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what do you do about it? I don't know. Build walls. <laughs> keep the keep the hurricanes out and the fires out. Build a big fireproof wall. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically what you gotta do. I don't know. Go to Mars. Maybe Elon's onto something. I'll go to Mars. Yeah, see, yeah, if, right, you're, well, if you're telling me the answer is to go to Mars, I'd rather just die. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, because you hate space. Yeah, because I hate space. I don't want to go to space. I want to stay here. You so we every option. It's like, hey man, look, you you'll be good, or you go to Mars and live another twenty years comfortably up there. Or no, wait, I was thinking that this will happen in the near future. Let's say it happens tomorrow. You could go up to Mars. You bring your you bring your family, and you go up there, and you could live live out the rest of your life in a great paradise of or the great capitalist society of mars or you could die here and uh deal with all the consequences here and who knows what's going to happen what do you do you stay here you go to mars i stay here okay i stay here i don't i don't want to make that trip to mars man i don't want to go live on mars (laughs) no 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 no. maybe if everyone goes to mars maybe the planet will fix itself and those who stay here will actually have a chance so let's send all the dummies to mars and then the rest of us stay here and fix the planet all right Fair enough. I you mean, know, look, we never I, about... I think, or someone's going to release a global pandemic that does take half of us out. Because if you ask me, if I was, I mean, I, I don't want to talk about terrorism in a, in a positive light, but 
I feel like we've kind of gotten the blueprint on how to on how to deal with human beings when we got to because we sure aren't wearing masks and taking vaccines as a as a whole, right? There's at least half of us who don't believe in this stuff. I think you can take out half of the people by coming up with some type of chemical warfare or some type of biological warfare that would take us out. Oh yeah. It's like not even a question. This has basically proved how stupid some people are. Yes. Yeah. The 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 pandemic has proved that we can't just follow simple directions. And this is worldwide. We can't you won't take a directions. you won't take a cure to the thing that could kill you. I I can't. I just I don't want to get into this. It's just gonna upset me. It, it upsets me because now mask mandates are coming back. Like it, yep. oh god. You're gonna damn, go back man. into a lockdown before the year ends. No. You are. I'm yes. telling you, we will not. It's not gonna happen. Oh, so you you're just not gonna follow the rules. See, you're part of the problem. No, here's the thing about the lockdown. The whole the whole notion of a lockdown. You have the whole thing that was being pushed on people was lockdown was coming from the people who are already vaccinated. And the people who are not vaccinated, who don't want to wear masks, they'll defy it anyway. So you're basically telling everybody that's safe to go out and live their life, you have to stay home. Yep. No, fuck that. I'm not doing well, it. There you go. This is why. This is why America's no, in no, 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 no. Not my this fault. Is why. And I, yes. I can't convince people who are who are brainwashed, conspiracy theorists, jackass, fuckheads. I can't. You just summed can't up why. You just summed up why you're gonna you're gonna deal with this thing for the next two years. You just summed it up. I, I did my part of getting the vaccine, and even if me staying inside maybe helped some of the people who didn't take the vaccine stay healthy, I'm not doing it. No, the moment the <laughs> moment that kids could get vaccinated, the moment the moment that kids under twelve can every get man's for himself now, right? Every man's like, for himself. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah you're exactly. goddamn right. Everything. In the U.S., yes, <laughs> and there and honestly, those people are are just and I'm pissed because those people are also screwing up everybody around the. Uh, you know, the ability to travel and do other things. As this well. is why so, this is why yeah. America's in trouble, because it's on both sides of the coin. You won't even stay inside if it helps other people. Now that you've been vaccinated, now that you're safe, if I told you, hey, staying inside for a month, we'll make sure that you don't spread the virus either and that the people who didn't get vaccinated will be OK. And you're going to say, no, no, just get the vaccine so we can do what we want. Yeah, it's yeah, not a matter what you of say. them it's saying fine. I'll get it later. They're saying no. Yeah. So the answer, so they're going to keep spreading it. So I'm just going to wait for them to keep spreading it while I stay but you, inside. But you no, can spread it you. as well, though. You cannot you can convince it. me otherwise. <laughs> but you the, can spread I, it as well. Now you can. You can still catch it. You just won't die from it. But you can spread it just as much as anybody else yeah, can. Yeah, but you're not eradicating any disease. You're not eradicating the flu. You're not eradicating a cold. The goal well, is never to make like sure polio. nobody, the goal yeah. is never to make sure nobody gets sick. The goal is to stop people from dying and getting severe illness. So and what if I told point, you you what have if I told the you, ability to do that? What you if can. I told you you staying inside from lockdown does the same thing? What do you mean? Does the same thing? Then you're not going to catch it if you're not if you're locked down in your house, you're less likely to catch it, vaccinated or not, than if you're gallivanting around, vaccinated or not. So what if right. the, what if the U.S. government said we are doing a military mandate for the next two months to finally get rid of this virus once and for all, vaccinated or not? You wouldn't I'll be able do to it, do it at this point. I'll do it, but all the fuckheads who aren't vaccinated are the ones who are going to go outside and spread it around. That's what no, look, I'm just I'm just pointing out the fact I'm of like right. uh, you know no, I'm right here. You you no, agree but there's with not me. a right or <laughs> there's not a right or wrong. I'm just saying this is where we are. 
Like you, you guys couldn't stay inside for a month. <laughs> I did. Let me country. be clear. Let me be clear. I did stay inside for a month. All right. <laughs> there, there was a good chunk of people who did. And then guess what? It's a good chunk of people who did not. I'm just saying <laughs> like this is, it, it is a political thing that's, that's caused this divide. And this is why I, if I, if, if I'm Mark a terrorist, Z- Mark Zuckerberg I, fucked up the world. <laughs> This is why if, I, if I'm a terrorist, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get an infectious disease degree. Yeah, because this is how I kill this, an this infectious is, disease yeah. that's going around, and there's no vaccine. I'll put on the mask. <laughs> I've, I've, I still wear the mask. I, I wore the mask. I, I have no problems wearing the mask. And look, I, I, I know I'm picking on you because you're the one I'm talking to, but you're not. A, you're not alone in this. You really aren't. But like, but this is just where we are. Like, it, I don't. There's, it's not that you're right or anyone. It's just this is where we are. Where there's people who are getting the vaccine who are now reached the point where they go, I'm not staying inside because those clowns won't stay inside. So it won't do any good. Yes. Yeah. It's true. (laughs) It's Um, true. And and this is why New Zealand's plan worked. But because the rest of the world is a bunch of clowns, we're now in a situation where we're going to have to do the same thing. Everyone Everybody listened from the jump. Everybody listened from the jump. We didn't. Yeah, because it's easier when there's only 5 million people. You just go, hey, look, guys, if we all stay inside for a month, we can get back to normal. And everyone's like, yeah, right. Sounds pretty good. We all stayed inside. We got back to normal for the most part. It's the rest of you who who couldn't stay inside for a month. (laughs) As a collective unit of people, you guys couldn't collectively say, hey, you know what? Just a good solid month inside and we're good. These people really wanted to go to Applebee's. Yeah. <laughs> they, really, they really wanted to go to rallies and they really wanted to go to they Applebee's. really wanted a, a blooming onion at, at yeah. Outback Steakhouse. You, you know, you it. just couldn't wait. <laughs> so, yeah, like this is this is why climate change at the end of the day, to me, I see it the same as, as the, the vaccine. We're going to turn that political. And it doesn't it really, really matter what I do. Yeah, exactly. I don't. It doesn't and matter. Honestly, what the I U.S. Do. is kind of the only country that has a political side that doesn't acknowledge climate change as a thing. Everyone else agrees that it's a thing, which I don't know what's worse: either denying it or disagreeing that it's a thing and doing nothing about it. Yeah. You have to set state of affairs. Yeah. All righty. Well, look at Four that. We hope to see. I hope we've got some positive news on the back end of this podcast. That's it. That's it for my news. Enough of that shit. Let's go to some media therapy. What have you been watching? Nothing. <laughs> hey, I've been watching nothing. I've been watching work. I've um, I did watch the latest episode of Ted Lasso. I did watch that as well. It was a weird one. It was a weird one because it was a Christmas episode and it's August. <laughs> yeah. So don't exactly know what, but whatever. All the episodes are enjoyable. Makes you feel good at the end of it. Yeah, this was definitely a um, a filler episode, right? Like it didn't really move much forward at all, but no. it was very as as they usually are. This was very heartfelt. I gotta say, kudos to uh, you know what? Let's do let's do this real quick here, and and it's probably an obvious one, but you know what? I'm gonna do it anyway. Uh, who's older, Hannah Weddingham that plays the boss on uh, a in Ted Lasso or Paul Giamatti. I mean, she's older, but the question is by how much? Well, um, I'm going to say she's two years older than him. Okay. Well, you're wrong. She's actually seven years younger than him. Oh, really? 
Really? Yeah, you're, you're, you're an asshole. Oh, well, you know, maybe maybe she should be the new game. <laughs> really? Because I was like, she looks amazing. Oh, she looks fine, but she also looks older than Paul Giamatti. You think so? Yeah, I think so. I I think you're crazy. You're out of your mind. Older. You think you you think she looks like, oh, man. I, yeah, she looks older. I don't even than know Paul what to Giamatti. say anymore. Yeah. She's blown my mind. Anyway, she um she's an incredible singer. And she's actually a professional singer too. Was that her actual voice? Yeah, I believe that's her actually singing. Okay, because that wasn't Jason Sudeikis singing. <laughs> Uh, probably not. No, no yeah. it wasn't. Are you sure? I'm not sure. No, I'm asking. Because <laughs> he didn't really sing. He just kind of chimed in a little bit. I could believe that that was him singing. Yeah, and look, most, I, I would say most ooh. actors are pretty good singers. Like, it's part of what comes with growing up trying to be in entertainment. You tend to sing, act, dance. You seem to do all of it, right? Like Hugh Jackman, right? Hugh Jackman's a triple threat. Broadway Hugh? He can do all Your of boy. it. He can sing, he can dance, he can act. So you don't like him? I, I, I've got no ill will towards you, Jackman. <laughs> since, since, wait, wait, wait a minute. When did you put so that accusation? Like, I don't like Hugh Jackman. Where, where did that come from? Yeah, you have some issues with Hugh Jackman. You Do I? I don't, I don't know if that's yeah, true. When you, were calling him, when you were calling him Broadway Hugh. I mean, I was just calling him Broadway Hugh because he was singing and dancing. But I don't have any issues yeah. with Hugh Jackman. Why would I have was issues it, with like, Hugh Jackman? Who I don't know. Maybe it's because one of these X-Men movies really upset you. Oh, well, that's possible. But I don't think that's his fault. All right, cool. I didn't really. Jackman all right, seems like a left. lovely guy. I don't know why you've uh, why you've put this this besmirching of Hugh Jackman Jackman on this, me. This sounds this sounds like you recently ran into Hugh Jackman and you're like, yeah, let's do our <laughs> podcast, man. It's great. And you're like, no, no, I love Hugh. He's great. No, he's really. Yeah, really I'm, I'm just trying to remember when I would dislike Hugh Jackman. I don't know. I just I I sensed a. Um, he seems like a you, lovely have guy. Watched, have you watched The Greatest Showman? No, I haven't. Because could you hate? Because you hate him. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who I dis, who I really dislike, and how there's no one that I really dislike. Bill Cosby. I don't really dislike Bill Cosby, which Whoa. probably makes me worse. So you're, right? Maybe, maybe, yeah, that's bad. I mean, he that's made great cool. television. I, I don't, I don't like. You know, I can separate the art from the artist. He's All a terrible right. human Fair being, enough. but he, but he made a he made a he made a television show that was highly influential for African Americans at the time. He he made a television show that had a, a a professional black family that was together and was and was you know doing very well. So we can't all hate Bill Cosby. Like I can hate him as the man drugging women, but you know Dr. Huxtable, it's kind of hard to hate him. <laughs> all right, fair enough. But yeah, other than that, like I, I haven't really. Um... I haven't watched anything. I haven't. I've. I've still playing the same two games. I'm finally, finally at the end of Ease Nine. Great game, by the way. Still runs like shit on Switch. Like it's it's terrible, but really enjoying it nonetheless. And but I'm going to be finishing it within the next 24 hours, and I'm very excited to finally put that thing behind me. Um, but we could. You are. Uh, you bought a new phone for the first time in. Three years, right? You want to quickly talk about this? Be here for, it's not going to be here for a while, though. What's so your excitement level, though? Because you, it is the Galaxy Z Flip 3. Not to be con- confused with the Galaxy Z Fold 3. Yeah, because the Fold is, is stupid. <laughs> right? Am I allowed to say that the <laughs> Fold is stupid? It's a stupid-looking phone. 
It like folds it's, open to a tablet. It's just dumb. Right. Like, why would I buy this? Well, why? Because it's a then you have a phone, phone and tablet in one. I think it's cool. It looks stupid. Where okay. this thing, and again, I, I've got a big, I've got a big soft spot in my heart for small form factor things. Yeah, I'm with you. And this phone is great because it basically folds into like what the size of a credit card. Yeah, it basically folds. It's like take take your typical flagship phone and, and fold it, it in half. half. It's great yeah, vertically. And so I saw this. I saw that it wasn't that much. It wasn't wildly more expensive than what it is in the states. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm right now. My Sony Xperia Compact Three is has, has been a champ. By the way, this phone has held on way longer than it has any business holding on. Wow, to. I can't believe you're still using that thing. I that phone was awesome. That phone was really cool. It still it still works. Um, I feel like the waterproof seal, like the glass, is starting to come off a little bit. Like I can see the the light and behind the screen. Um, but this phone still. I mean, and I've not had a case on this thing, and this phone is still rocking it. But it's time for this phone to go because I need something a bit more modern that I can use everyday use. And this phone appealed to me because it's got a little screen on the front that shows you like messages and real basic stuff. Looks like a beeper on the front. Yeah, it's got a cool little form factor to it. And I saw this because the last ones I I saw, watched a YouTube video or something where it's like, it was a little sketchy to figure out how does a foldable phone actually work, right? Like, hey, will the hinge break? Or like, what's the screen actually doing when you're folding it? It was just a little weird. And I saw enough stuff about this new one that says, hey, you know, they kind of fixed some of the original clunkiness and issues of the original flip phones for smartphones, which means you got a big screen, big candy bar looking right. phone that flips in half. That's right. And so I saw yep. this and everyone seems to be like, hey, this kind of seems to be the one to get. The first one, eh, not so much. This one feeling a little better and it's cheaper than the original phone was when it came out. Right. I think this is one of those things where Samsung, did they skip a number? They went from the Z Flip to the Z Flip 3, and there's no Z Flip 2. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm down with that. This one seems to be doing all right. And it, look, all of my phones with the number 3 in them have been very durable. Like, my Pixel 3 still holds great charge. This phone is still great. Um, the only problem is that now, like, the actual charging port is a little loose. So it takes quite a yeah. bit of effort just to get it to, 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 did yours do the same thing? Yeah, that happens with a lot of my phones. Like maybe all of them. It, yeah, it's weird. It's just like over time that that USB three or USB C port just gets a little loose. Yeah. And so now you put in the charger, and it's like it's not charging, and you like move it just a little bit, and then it starts to charge. It's very odd. Yeah, like you got to get the right angle. That's why. Yeah, which is a little wireless annoying. charging is great for not having to deal with that. Yeah. So I don't know whether or not my Pixel three has wireless charging. Anyways, my Pixel three is great. It, it still does. works fine, um, but my my Xperia Compact Three is just it's you know it's, it also still holds a great charge. It's just getting to the point where I'm like it's going to take a little bit of dust and this thing is going to stop working. Yeah. So yeah. So I bought Show a new phone. I don't I don't play games on my phone. That's the thing. I'm a real old school phone user. I use it to talk to people, even though it's mostly <laughs> through chat and text. Oh okay. I, I don't use it to pl- and, and to go on the internet. And that's kind of it. I don't play games with it. I don't watch a lot of movies with it. I kind of just use it to do phone stuff. Yeah. Oh, I did watch one thing this week. And that was, uh, well, one, I'll let you, I'll finish that point because I'm excited. I'm excited to hear your feedback on this phone because I love the idea of it. I think it's cool. I like the idea of folding phones. I'm also, you know, I'm a small guy. 
So I like, uh, so I like my small things, you know, it fits in my hands. It's great. Um, and I, I love the idea of like a good satisfying flip, you know, there's something satisfying about that. It's all school. Yeah. So I'm excited to hear your feedback. I'm, I'm upset. I'm still upset that you did not get the purple one, but that's okay. I got green. That's okay. And it's just because I, I like purple. I don't like the light lavender purple. That's, that's fine. That's okay. A little too soft for me. Like if they had a hot pink, I'd grab a hot pink before lavender, before, before salt. I just don't like, just like soft blues and so I'm not a fan of, I like a bit more bolder, a bit more saturation in my colors. Okay. I get it. I get it. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I did, um, so I did watch uh, the first episode of Marvel's What If. Did you watch it? I don't even know what this is. No. Oh, this no is the new cartoon. This is the new Disney Plus show. And it's a... Never even heard basic... of this. Oh, really? It's no. uh, Jeffrey I'm, Wright narrating. I'm watching the trailer and... now. I'm watching the, the trailer and speaking about it. Very cool. So it's well, an animated show. Yeah. And it looks awesome. Um, and... I could tell right now this is going to be very hit or miss on an episode to episode basis. That seems to be what the reviews say as well, because there's some cool stuff going on here, but they're compressing each individual story in a 30 minute episode, as far as I could tell. And there, and none of them are related, but maybe that's wrong. We'll see how it goes throughout the season. This one was basically saying, what if Peggy Carter became captain America or yeah, so she basically Man, Marvel is Marvel is really milking their stuff, aren't they? I mean, I I didn't Captain know this was a Britain. thing. The, the idea actually seems cooler than most of their other ideas, personally. Yeah, and it like and because got, of all this stuff with Loki, they're saying all this stuff is canon because it's alternate universes. And the art style cool. looks cool. Like this is the type of stuff that I would personally like. I'll watch this because this seems yeah. cool and interesting, and it's got really great art. It's not kind yeah. of the same old. So I'm gonna go find this right now. This is great. Yeah, check it out because the the action is really cool in it. The story and stuff is super silly, um, but the the animation definitely helps elevate it. And you know, it's more Marvel stuff, so it feeds it feeds my addiction there. And yeah, I do. I recommend it if you got Disney Plus, go for it. It's it's thirty minutes. You're not gonna. I, it's funny because my mom was in the room when I was watching it and she was asking all these questions. I was like, and explaining why some of these things were fun because of the parallels with the first Captain America movie. I was like, yeah, it's, it's a whole thing. (laughs) You sound like a crazy person. And maybe, maybe I am, maybe I am, you know, maybe I am. Yeah. Again, I, I just, I enjoy creativity and, and great art more than I enjoy the Marvel universe. So this to me seems like it could stand on its own and sure having a bit of connectivity between the Marvel stuff. Um, because again, I've watched all this stuff. I just don't seek it out. Like again, I would have never known about this if you didn't tell me, I just yeah. would have found this randomly. And for the most part, I know about the stuff because of work <laughs> to be dead honest with you. Most of the stuff I've known because we've been working on it, but this is something that's new, which seems cool. So yeah, I will yep. give this a go. I am going to find that episode right now. And once we get off this, I'll uh, have a watch. But, like now oh. that I click on this on YouTube and now I see Marvel 616. Like, what is this? What is all of this crap that comes through from Marvel? Um, uh, 616 is, I believe that's the number of the, the universes. So when sure. you have a multiverse, that's how they do it. 
again, that's going into a level that I barely understand. It's basically like uh, we're going to keep yeah. making content until you guys stop giving it decent reviews. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. But that's from the comic books. The The numbering thing is from the comic books. Because stuff gets wild. It's basically because like how you can have multiple stories, which I guess that makes sense, right? Like if you're going to write a whole bunch of different Spider-Man comic books and you don't want to concern yourself with them being connected, you're just like, wouldn't it be a cool thing if they could do this? You're like, yeah, but how does that interfere with that thing we did 300 episodes ago? It's like, you know what? Fuck it. Alternate universe. Yeah. I don't think anyone actually, <laughs> I don't think anyone like that's, yeah. that's fine. So like that, that's a pretty cool solution when you deal with comic books and things like that. But with mainstream movies, I could see that stuff getting weird. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm looking forward to seeing how it evolves. But yeah, check it out. All right. Anyway, that's what we got. So yeah, go to go to he'sabroad.com, see the links, review us. John will give you a dollar if you review us. I my iPad, I'm looking at it in well, I'm actually looking at my backpack and I know my iPad's in it, but I'm not gonna get up and get it. So we'll check that next week. But if you review us, John will give you a dollar. And uh, so do that and uh, subscribe and tell your friends. And until next week, this podcast is over.